Hi everyone, I'm Nicole, and this is the Wild for Change podcast, a podcast celebrating people and organizations making a difference for animals and nature. We'll be discussing their inspiration, work, and why our connection with the natural world is important for all of us. Everybody. On today's Wild for Change podcast, we're speaking with the conservation kid, Cash Daniels. Cash has always had a passion for protecting our earth and its natural resources. At the age of seven, he began cleaning up trash around the Chattanooga River and has since removed 14,000 pounds of trash. He started teaching adults about the importance of protecting our planet and has gotten kids involved to do the same. In 2022, Cash began a nonprofit with his best friend, Ella Grace, called the Cleanup Kids to help protect the trees, the seas, and everything in between. Did I mention that Cash is also Time's top five honorary kid of the year? I certainly want to be like Cash when I grow up. As much as Cash is young, he is also wise and has a lot to teach others how to support and protect our planet. Thank you, Cash, for speaking with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. I have so many questions for you. You have done so much in such a short amount of time, but I want to start with what inspired you to want to help protect the planet and our animals on the planet? Well, what inspired me to protect our planet is I just love all animals, especially anything that swam in the environment. And me and my family were on a vacation in Daytona Beach. and. We were walking on the beach and I found a plastic straw. And just earlier that day, I had seen a manta ray and a sea turtle swimming off a dock. And when I saw that plastic, I knew it was going to harm those animals that I loved. And it potentially could hurt those same animals that I just saw. Wow. What great insight you had to even connect the dots together to know that that could be a possible harmful thing for them to encounter that straw and for you to realize that because, you know, there's lots of trash on the beach and on the ground. And a lot of people don't even think about that, putting the dots together. That's amazing. So I was curious if you could give a perspective of how the world looked through your eyes at the age of seven, because that's when you started cleaning up the trash, correct? and the vision you had for our planet. So before I started my work at the age of seven, I didn't really notice all the trash. I just went about on my normal day and like, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. And after then my vision for the earth changed a lot because I knew I wanted to do something for the environment that actually meant something. Wow. That's a beautiful intention to put out there to the world. What were you hoping to, at that point when you were, like you said, you couldn't unsee the trash, what were you envisioning to do? Well, my vision was to do a couple cleanups. And then after I did a couple cleanups, I couldn't stop. This trash just kept coming up onto 
the bank of the river because I live in Tennessee, a landlocked state. And when I was down in Florida, I didn't know if trash would be this bad here in Tennessee. But then I actually learned that the Tennessee River is the most polluted with microplastics than any other river tested in the world. And 80% of all ocean trash comes from rivers. So I knew I had to do something in Tennessee. Wow. How did you find that out? And why is it the Chattanooga River is so polluted? Well, the answer to why is Chattanooga so polluted is because we only recycle ones and twos the number of plastics, because after plastic is recycled so many times, it loses its value in chemically and right. then it can't be recycled again. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a big problem with recycling plastic, which drives yeah. me crazy because you see it everywhere. Yeah. It's like, we can't find the solutions fast enough to work with these plastics. Yeah. Wow. So how old are you now, Cash? I'm 12. I'm about to turn 13 in August. Wow. And you have done such a remarkable job so far in such a short amount of time. It's so exciting to have somebody like yourself on this planet that is so passionate and so young and doing all this great work. So the cool thing that you've been doing is that you raised enough money to install 17 monofilament recycling receptacles. And I want to hear more about this, but I also want to mention to listeners that you received a grant from the Roots and Shoots program from the Jane Goodall Institute, which is a big deal to make, place, and maintain these receptacles across the state of Tennessee. So how did all of this come into play? Yes. So just a little update. I have 40 of my monofilament bins out now. You have 40? Yes. And it's seven state parks. Wow. And I started my monofilament recycling program because we have a lot of bass tournaments and fishing tournaments here. And that comes with a lot of waste of fishing line. And it is just tossed out and isn't recycled. And so I started this to recycle this fishing line. So what do they look like? Can you like give us a vision of what they look like and how they're put in place? Yes, so we usually find like a post to strap them onto and they're just a piece of PVC. Yeah. <laughs> and like just with like it looks like an elbow on the top. So you can just put it in and it goes down and it can't come out. So people know to put like their old fishing lines or what have you into these receptacles. Yes. And then who picks them up? Who picks up all that? I maintain them across the state of Tennessee. Do you have people supporting this with to help you out to pick up all of this? Oh, yes. So we have several state parks close to us that we go to, but the ones in East and West Tennessee, we can't go to because they're like an hour or two hour drive from us. Okay. The Rangers maintain those. Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. So once you pick up all of this, trash, I would say, what do you do with it? So once I pick up all the trash, I send it to Berkeley Fishing and they make fishing habitats out of it. So something that would be harming the environment if it got in the water is now giving back to the fishermen. Oh, awesome. Now, how did you find out about them? Like, how did this come into creation that they're helping you out with this? 
So I did a bit of research what to do with fishing line because we tried to melt it down and make it into stuff, but you cannot melt fishing line down by yourself. Yeah. So I researched and then I emailed them and then they agreed to have fishing line shipped to them. Wow. This is so cool. I mean, the things that you have already done to create change and pave the way for the rest of us is really astounding. This is great work. So did the Roots and Shoots program, did they find out about what you were doing or did you have to apply for the grant yourself and explain what you wanted to do with these receptacles? So we had to apply to... Okay. And were there a lot of other grantees that were there that applied for other grants too for helping with the environment or with animals? Do you know? I'm sure that there were more, but I don't know how many. Okay. Amazing. So do you happen to know how many pounds of trash you've been able to pick up with these receptacles? With the receptacles, it's hard to know how much weight we have because fishing line doesn't weigh anything. True. Try and use it in length. And we have estimated we have picked up 100 miles of fishing line. 100 miles. Holy Toledo. That's a lot of fishing line that could have just been floating around. Yes. We have huge five-gallon jugs of fishing line just sitting around. Wow. How did you determine that? Now, you were able to recover 14,000 pounds of trash around the Chattanooga River. How were you able to determine that? Yes. So now it is almost 17,000 pounds of trash. Awesome. And we estimate because we try and weigh as much as we can. Okay. And we recycle all of it. Now, how do you recycle some of the stuff, like you said, like depending on the type of plastic? Yes. So most of it we try and recycle, but the things that we cannot recycle, like fives and all those other things, like other not recyclable plastics, we have to throw those away. But aluminum, I'm a huge aluminum advocate. And I actually have my own recycling program with that. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. So I pick up them from a dog park in a nursing home and I recycle all of those and I get paid for them. And that's how I make my own money for my monofilament bins. Oh, genius. Really great idea. You're helping the environment and it's helping you continue to help the environment. Yes. Awesome. So you created the cleanup kids with your best friend, Ella, and you guys have a lot of projects and one of them is the aluminum project, correct? Yes. What other projects that you are currently working on with the cleanup kids? Yes. So our big project is to inspire other kids all around the world to pick up 1 million pieces of trash by the end of 2022. Awesome. My question to you is, how can you estimate 1 million pounds of trash? Like, is there a system that you have that you could figure that out, that you were able to reach that goal? Yes. So all the kids that are around the world pick up their trash and we estimate how much that weighs. Okay. And it's pieces so like they take pictures of all of it and we like it's sort of like an app called Dorati. they just okay. pin it and like we can see where they pick that up and how many pieces have been picked up around the world that is so cool 
So how did you get to motivate other people to pick up the trash and start this project? How did the word get out? Well, social media is a big help these days because everybody's on it and just scrolling through. Right. So that helps. We just, whenever we do cleanups, we post it on Instagram and Facebook so people can see it and come out if they want to help. That is awesome. Do you know like where in what areas of the world kids have been picking up trash? Which countries have been? I know America, Canada, Australia, and in the Caribbean. Oh, wow. That is awesome. So where are you at now? We're in July. Where are you at with how many pounds of trash you've been able to pick up? So we have, it's almost 700,000 pieces of trash that we have cleaned up so far. No way. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. 700,000. Wow. Cash, you are such an inspiration. And you're, I mean, it's just obvious your love for the planet and animals is really helping other people to see the importance of our planet and how to keep it healthy and why to keep it healthy. Yeah. Wow. I know that you don't like plastic. I don't like plastic either. And you're a big opponent of single-use plastic. Can you talk about that? Like why that is so bad for our environment? So single-use plastics are horrible because you can only use them once. And once you recycle them, they can only be recycled once and then it loses its value. And the cleanup kids in me are a huge advocate for aluminum because aluminum can be recycled over and over and over again, and it never loses its value. Right. And it takes 90% less energy to recycle aluminum than make new aluminum. Wow. I didn't know that statistic. So it's like, like you were, I think you had mentioned, it's like a closed loop system where what's being created can also be recycled to be reused again. Yes. And aluminum is the perfect component to use and to reuse and to keep reusing. So that is great. Wow. So was there another project that you guys are working on? I know there was the aluminum and picking up trash. Was there anything else that I might've missed? Oh, yes. So we are planting pollinator gardens all around the U.S. because without pollinators, we can't have food because we can't have any vegetables and we cannot feed meat. Right. Exactly. So you're encouraging people to plant native local plants in around their yards. Yes. Yeah. I've been noticing myself in just the last couple of years, because I do have plants that attract butterflies and bees. And I kid you not, maybe five years ago, I had so many bees coming to my garden and now it's very little. I feel sad about that. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're trying to encourage other people to do the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Awesome, Cash. And another project we're doing is sharks. There was a shark fishing tournament, like they go out and pay people to catch sharks in Jupiter last week. And we have a petition for that to stop shark tournaments altogether. Exactly. Thank you for doing that. It's true. We need sharks. They're keystone species. And we cannot afford to lose any more of them. I mean, I don't know. Is it, what's the statistic? Is it a million sharks a year? 
something crazy. million. Yeah. It's astounding. Yeah. And they are vital to the life of the ocean. Yes. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being their voice. What I also found out about you is that you are the author of the book, One Small Piece. Can you tell us about that book? Yes. So One Small Piece is, I wrote and illustrated it. And it is about how one person can change the world one small piece at a time. And I wrote it when I saw there was a bunch of books about cleaning up the ocean, but not about cleaning up the rivers. And as I said earlier about all the trash coming from rivers, we need to stop it at its source instead of stopping it at the end. And it doesn't make a difference. Right. How old were you when you wrote that book? I was nine. Amazing. I'm just curious. You're doing so many different beautiful projects. You are truly creating change around the world. Do you have any other visions for the future of any projects that you would like to be a part of or create? Yes. So I have things I want to be a part of, but I have several other projects I'm making right now in the cleanup kids and my own personal projects. And are they related to plastic or ocean life? Yes, it's related to everything. Definitely the pollinator burden. And <laughs> the biggest project I'm doing right is trying to get my monofilament bins in national parks. That would be amazing. Yes. That would be truly amazing. I mean, you already gotten them across the state of Tennessee, which is a huge feat. Yes. In and of itself. And I think just based on who you are, that that's going to be able to get done. That is pretty cool. I had a question for you about, do you like to scuba dive? Is that correct? Yes, I am scuba certified. Are you really? Wow. That's really cool. How often have you scuba dived? I have dove in the Blue Heron Bridge in West Palm Beach, Florida. I have dove in the quarry here. And this Saturday, I'm going to dive Loch Lomond. It is a quarry where there are nat- paddlefish and all types of fish in it. Oh, awesome. 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 So I know people who love to scuba and other people who love to snorkel because they love that underwater life that you see and being a part of. It's like being in a different world. But Many people who take part in these activities don't necessarily realize what's going on with the health of our oceans and waterways. What would you say to somebody that loves to do these types of activities, but doesn't realize what's happening? Yes. So if somebody likes to swim in the ocean, scuba dive, and they don't know what's happening to the environment, I would say to them, that educate them on what's happening is if they love to do those activities and they don't know, they may not have those environments that they love to do those activities in. Right. And how would you suggest people to get involved to help? Are there some everyday solutions that people can become aware of? Yes. So don't use plastic. That's the easiest thing to do. And try and clean up trash everywhere you go. Yep. That for sure. I do. I know me personally, I can't stand when I see trash on the ground. Usually I bring a bag with me and I pick up trash when I'm walking my dog or taking a walk. Yeah. So I can't stand it. And it's crazy. The things that you find, I found a fender from a car 
<laughs> maybe a quarter mile from my house, just laying there. And I just brought it back to, you know, throw away. But even throwing away, things don't really get thrown away. Yeah. They end up in a landfill. So that drives me crazy too. But at least it's not somewhere where the wildlife are and where it can harm people or, you know, like broken glass or wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your vision for the world in the future? So my vision for the world is a world with very little plastic because we we still need some plastic, like ones to save lives, like ones in medical places. Right. Very little plastic. We don't have much pollution, all eco-friendly. Yeah. Well, I think you are definitely on the path to really helping to change our perspective of what the world looks like now and what it could look like. Yeah. So I would like to just offer you to just let people know where can they learn more about your work? How can they help? Yes. So on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it's at the cleanup kids on all of them and the conservation kid. Awesome. This is amazing work that you're doing, Cash. I feel very honored and privileged to be able to have spoken to you today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And good luck to you. And I will definitely be keeping an eye out on all your new projects and supporting however I can. Thank you, Cash. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wild for Change podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please share it with others on social media. For more information about Wild for Change, please go to wildforchange.com. There you can subscribe to my blog and explore ways you can help animals and nature. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wild for Change. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay wild and inspired. Thank you.